uh, Jared Papazian, Darren Harvey, my dear friends and brothers. We've had some good times together, huh? Absolutely. A lot of wars, a lot of ups and downs, mostly ups, thank God. <laughs> a lot of emotion. Some of the best times of my life with you guys. That's right. Thank you. Uh, thank you guys for making the time and, you know, everybody's busy schedule and making it out here. I was waiting for you. Like, I saw you doing the podcast with everybody, and I thought either he doesn't give a shit or he wants to wait the he wants to wait for the last, to, for the best interview. You Man, you, you, like, you don't even have time for, like, breakfast or lunch. I've been trying for, like, a year. I know we had the pandemic, but come on. I, well, he, he, didn't I was was <laughs> he didn't leave his house. He didn't leave his house? He just didn't the, want to say it, right? <laughs> I, I, I was taking the pandemic pretty seriously, you know. It's, it's, uh, I realized that it was overblown to a certain degree, but I also realized that in the history, in my lifetime, when have you ever seen, you know, uh, ICUs over capacity like this? Yeah. You know, people were sick. Yeah, for sure. You know, for sure. Small percentage, but... Of a lot of people, a lot of people died, and uh, for sure, for so sure, for that's sure. a whole other talk show. For sure, <laughs> you uh, you grew up in L.A., right? Yeah, I grew up in the San Fernando Valley. Went yeah. to Van Nuys Junior High, Van Nuys High, Sherman Oaks Elementary, Birmingham, uh, a bunch of other elementary schools. I was kind of all over the place. And you've always been around the martial arts game, the fight game. I, I've been fascinated with it uh, since I was a little kid. And I didn't really have, my dad was a business guy, so he didn't really steer me in that direction. Mm. Um, but I found through the Chuck Norris system, I started training over there. And then and I was- Chuck Norris had the, chain, the chains in, yeah, they the, had in the, the valley. Yeah, the schools. And then I started to train with a guy named Mark Zacharatis mm. that taught me kickboxing. I always, even as a young guy, I didn't want to take the time to learn the forms and all that stuff. I just wanted to learn to get down and dirty. Um, in retrospect, it's probably a mistake, you know what I mean? Because it's- uh, you know, as a young man or as a kid, you just want to, you know, maybe not take the time to learn the sweet science of stuff. So I, I suffered a lot of head trauma. I didn't. I just wanted to go in there and bang it up, not knowing what the hell I was doing. So like, I was like, really handsome like, before like that. Like many of us, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, now we still got to get you against uh, Gluckman. What, say again. Super fight. Super fight against Robert Gluckman. Oh yeah, <laughs> let's do it. No question, I'd win that fight, but I'd have to be pissed off. He, he wants to kick my ass. So funny at that one, the UFC fight. You guys are just started. we were grappling on. I think you could find it on YouTube. Us fucking around on the carpet by the outside the elevator on the yeah. UFC hotel. Oh, yeah, that was fun. And you guys went to high school together. Yeah, yeah. He, I give I give Gluckman a <laughs> lot. That's hilarious, of, right? I give him a lot of credit. Like it takes. I wasn't getting in there fighting competitively. I don't care who the opponent. Every time you step into that yeah, cage, yeah. you get my respect. Yeah, 100%. and uh, that takes takes a lot of balls to get in there and do yeah. that. Yeah. So, so you 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 know you were you were on the fight game, you're martial arts, and then how did you get into like the fight game? You know, like the professional. You were going to the Jet Center. Yeah, I was training at the Jet Center, and there was a guy named Alex Desir. Uh, I was a heavyweight, really talented guy from Venezuela. We became very good friends, and. I'd always had a business background, so I was like a business guy first and a martial artist second. Mm. Then I saw how grossly taken advantage these athletes were, and I go, well, you know what? A way to stay close to the game without actually having to go in there and get my brains beat in is like represent other people. And that's sort of, so people say, oh, you're a fighter. I go, no, I'm not a fighter. I'm a martial artist. A fighter gets in there and they put it all on the line. I've never been that guy. I just, I think I'm a, a decent martial artist, but definitely not a fighter. How many years did you train in kickboxing? Kickboxing, like well over 20 years. And yeah. I trained with... Like consistently, like you trained pretty serious, right? Oh, yeah. Very seriously with Saxon, mm. Peter Cunningham, uh, Rob Kamen, one of the legendary mm. kickboxers, Anthony Hardunk for mm. many years. Mm. Mark Zacharatis started me in kickboxing. He was like, I didn't know. He was hitting me with left hooks. I didn't know. I was coming from more of a traditional karate thing. And it was like, it was a wake up. What was it that, uh, about martial arts that made you, I don't know, like that gave you peace and made you happy? I, well, for me, I was, I had some severe learning disabilities and I grew up in a, a pretty abusive uh, household. Hmm. And it gave me a sense of identity and confidence and like to be tough. I felt like if I couldn't 
excel academically, even in regular sports. I was just, I had so much anxiety from the way I grew up. I was the kid out in the field that would drop the ball because I was so afraid of failing. Mm. I was just a, a mess. So that's really one of the big reasons I got into management is to pay back the sport. Even with Rhonda, it was like, well, this is a way to really let the world see how amazing this sport is. I, I, I owe a debt of gratitude to martial arts because it saved my life. Mm. Not like... I was gonna, somebody had a gun up to my head and I took the gun away, but it emotionally saved my life. I might not be here today. It gave me the self-esteem that I have. Then through that, I was able to really excel in business because I was carrying myself in a different manner. It was really, um, yeah, wonderful. And then the opportunity to work with legends like you and Jared and you guys entrusted yeah, me you, with you, your uh, careers. You, well, you've, helped, you've helped so many people over the years. You're like, I mean, all these, like so many old school guys too, like, you know, you know not boss rooting for a long time yeah, too, boss right? and I are, I would say it was more, we, I say it was his manager, but I, I had him for the two fights in the mm -hmm. UFC. Um, and I, there wasn't a lot of management going on. Boss was already making, making scene, but I was there kind of watching over the business Supporting, aspect yeah. of it. We, we had, we had a wonderful time, but I cornered him for the Kas TK Kasaka fight and for the Kevin Randleman fight. And, for the Kevin Randleman fight, yeah, huh? Damn, yeah. that's, that's And we big. had a megaphone. Ever since then, nobody, we were, boss, right hand, left hook, what? And we're talking in an in a, in a amplified megaphone. And after that point, the USC banned megaphones. So was, so you, they, you could, you brought your own megaphone? We brought our own megaphone, yeah. And we're screaming combinations out at him and do this. <laughs> Whose idea was the megaphone? Uh, it probably bosses. Boss, maybe, maybe, <laughs> for sure. Maybe, maybe a guy named Avi who owned Beverly Hills Jiu Jitsu. Ah, okay. Oh, and at that yeah. time at Beverly Hills, we had That's like pretty smart, Oleg right? and Pedro and Huas and, and uh, super experienced, and experienced guys, Ruben right? And all those guys. <laughs> That's I remember cool. the first time I saw Boss training and I came, you know, I was doing some kickboxing. I thought I knew what I was doing. I didn't know who Boss Rutten was. Mm. I see him standing very square against the bag and he's kicking the heavy bags in the MMA room. There's a Jiu Jitsu room mm. and an MMA room. And I'm thinking to myself, I go, hey, do, you might want to stand a little bit more sideways, you know what I mean? Like me, me giving Boss Rutten advice on, then I found out who he was. I felt like a doofus, like telling Boss Rutten how he should maybe change his fighting style. Hilarious. That's awesome, man. And then like we've known each other. I mean, you brought, I think you brought Jared to the gym, right? In you Sina? looked at me sideways, like and up and down when I brought him to the school the first time. <laughs> You're like, how, how old are you at the time? You're like 18 I, or no, I was 20, 21, 21, maybe 20. Yeah. Maybe 20. Cause yeah. I, I had heard young. about you living in the Valley. Yeah. And I, I we went had the gym there. in Encino. 2009. Yeah. I was 21. 21. Yeah. 2009. And I made okay. my pro debut in 2008. So yeah. And I met him, uh, at, uh, Majiro's. With uh, Santiago. Yeah. yeah it's funny how... You were working with Rick O'Kane and, yeah. and uh, what's the other guy? Uh, the guy uh, guy that rips the telephone books in half. Santi Santiago. Santiago, he's, yeah. He's the one that called you. Yeah. 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 So we started. Yeah, it was just fun. And I, I remember I picked Jared up and I said, I, I manage like a dad, which I do. I, I care deeply about yeah. these guys. and. Well, it's because I, I think because of that, my instinct is like, all right, you know, like this guy cares enough. But I was like, who is this? Who is this guy? You know, like yeah. people like people wanting like, you know, like whatever they want to take advantage or oh, just like let them train for free for because he's going to be this and that. Yeah. Right. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad you know, I'm, I'm always I have an open heart and I try to help yeah, people. No, right. You, you've been amazing. And, uh, like you've been like, <laughs> really consistent, you've been really consistent with Jared. And, and, Back uh, in 2009. And but just, you know, it kind of it's crazy how like one one decision. Right. Kind of goes. Yeah. All the no, way. I, was, I remember that direction. day like yesterday. I was I met with Darren. I was four and four. Mm. We sat down. We met at a uh, coffee bean by his house. Across the street from the gym. Right. No, from his house. Oh, okay, okay. He picked me up. He, uh, when we went to, uh, he, I printed out all of my fights, like my records. We started talking, and he had to go to the Porsche dealership to drop his car off. But uh, we were talking about you know him managing mm. me, and then he's like, "Let's switch this over, and we're gonna go see you." And yeah, the UFC. Well, he had Jared had never fought for the same pro promoter twice, and I said to him, "I said, dude, this is a relationship game. You want to have." Don't fight for the three or four hundred dollars. Fight mm -hmm. to have a good relationship with a good promoter. Fight to, for them consistently. Have them help build your career. And at that point, we started because the guy, the manager before, I think, 
kind of yeah uh, he he was he's, I guess he's, not the greatest guy yeah. or you know yeah most they, most of the guys they try to make a couple bucks right they're not yeah. really like like you like you don't really need it for the money yeah. you're doing it to right. help people yeah right? so you have was, you, you have n- never thought I would have you know make any sort of income and in management I, I I would ho- hope that I could turn it into something big because mm. it's fun to do something that you love and actually make money. It makes you feel like gives you a value when mm. you are, you know, I do a lot of charity and foundation right. work, but it gives you a value when you get actually paid for your effort. But most of the time I couldn't get myself, say somebody made 1500 bucks, I'm gonna take $150 when they need, and they're fighting four times a year. It's a, it just never made sense to take money from anybody, you know? Especially when the guy's fighting for 300 bucks, right? <laughs> get 20% off of that. Yeah. It was, it's it's ridiculous it? how, how little. 60 bucks. Give me a 60 bucks. It's unbelievable. When, when I think about what you guys do and how you put it all on the line, it's not about the money. It's you know, not about one of the One of my early memories, right, was, of course, you showed up every, every, every training session. He always showed up. Uh, but, uh, like, within, like, a year like what he, how he was hustling. I've never heard of anybody like going to the California athletic commission uh, website and seeing all the fights that are going to be promoted in the state and actually calling up the promoter of every promotion saying, I want to fight. And then he got a fight. He got his fights and it was like every month, right? Every month you had a fight. He was eight uh, or nine times in one, one year. He was so driven. I I would tell at a young young age, you know, I was like, that's really impressive. I would tell all the young fighters, I go, Jared, he's not going to sit and wait for somebody to bring him fights. He went out, he's proactive, yeah. he takes control of his life and of his destiny. And that was, you know, I'm there to not get all the little fights. I'm there to kind of guide the career as it starts to take mm-hmm. off and be there, find, you know, his financial support or whatever. But I knew, like, very rarely you see somebody with a determination like Jared. He was... You know, had that unwavering belief in himself, which is a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just had a flashback of uh, we had a photo shoot at your house. Do you remember that? <laughs> oh yeah. And you had a, a, a spray tanner. <laughs> <laughs> Me and the, all the Armenian like Karen and, yeah. and Sevak. So like, no. against my religion. That's what he said, right? <laughs> and and <laughs> spray tan, spray yeah. tan. But I was thinking, I was thinking Daniel, about. No, no, it, you know, it was right. Daniel, it was right. Uh, I, listen, I, what I do do things do, but we're just figuring it all out. And I wanted to do and put together one sheet for all you guys. So that was how it was very helpful to get like fights for people having a one sheet, a good picture, right? Because you listen. Now it is a lot of it is about persona. It's not just about how you fight. It's That's everything. Right. It's yeah. how you look. Perception it's how is reality. You represent right? yourself. Yeah. It's how you talk. Mm-hmm. It's everything. Connor's not the greatest fighter of all time. He's incredible and dynamic, but there's definitely way more skillful guys out there than than. But he's one of one of the most brilliant talkers and marketers Marketing, I've ever yeah. heard or seen in my life. You know, and yeah. I got to give him all the credit for that. And then beating a Jose Aldo, which I thought was just I compared that to Marco Antonio Barrera and fighting Prince Nassim Ahmed. And I said, I said it. I said it on social media. I said this is going to be just like that. Prince Nassim has never really faced a foe like uh, Marco Antonio, and Connor's never fought, faced anybody like uh, Jose Aldo. And then he knocked him out. It's like I couldn't. I couldn't believe it. It was unbelievable. The game's changed, huh, over the years too. Oh yeah. yeah. Since the night, since the beginning, I, the I feel underground like days. All these guys that made money, they don't train like how they used to. Not every day. They don't, they don't. They don't train. And they train ball. smarter too, right? Smarter, but a lot of these older guys that, or guys that made money, or that's much older guys that are competing today, they don't train every day like these young guys to evolve. Right. They, they don't have a fight. They're not fight. They're not training, or they don't train like how they used to back in the day. Because if you're not evolving with the sport, you're going to be left. Right. Behind. Right. This this last year has been crazy too, right? With uh, with COVID and stuff. Right? Yeah, but but it, it adapted. Like you would think with no right. crowd and without the energy, right. it tells you how adaptable human beings are. Like who, who would think they're going to go to a fight and there's nothing? It, you know, during the Ultimate Fighter, there's very little crowd involvement. Right. But it worked. It worked. I think it worked to a degree that they may continue on that model. Like because their cost of, you know, even with the venue, the, with the ticket sales, mm. it's still the cost to produce a show where you just have some corner guys in there and you don't have the whole venue and the production value. It may be more end up being more profitable without take you know because your overhead is so much less so it changed everything 
COVID changed a lot for the good and for the bad. Yeah. Well, I hope I hope they have the big arena, the big arena. What, what's thing, that? The big arena fights. So. Yeah. Just oh, because I think, that I think, the energy, right? You come yeah, on, yeah. like they, they just announced two uh, big fights coming up that they're both sold out within minutes. What, where at? One's in Texas and one's in Vegas. Nice. Yeah, yeah, because Vegas is back open, right? Yeah, that'll be sure. July. That'll be Connor versus uh, Poirier versus uh, two. Nice. Yeah, and then you nice. have Masvidal versus. Uh, just the energy is crazy, right? When yeah. you do something, it's yeah. just you know bigger than life. I was watching some of the old uh, the uh, Michael Jordan. Was it the Last Dance TV yeah. sh- the show? Amazing. You know, yeah, right. And you just see the energy of the crowd and people going crazy. Oh yeah, coming out of the tunnel. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's, it's hard to replicate with with that that yeah. kind of energy of the people. There's, there's nothing like it, but they adapted. No, to no, the for times, sure. We know? keep going, right? And I mean, for the it's talking about skill levels of the guys evolving with that that like you're not evolving. You're not. Yeah. You're not. You know. Then you be like you lose you lose your you lose your mind, right? In that yeah. training. What What are your thoughts about all this? Uh, these YouTube guys now getting in there. <laughs> Jake Paul and yeah. uh, and, uh, and, Logan and Ben Ben Eskin. man, it's cool, man. Right? Yeah. It's, uh, they make money. He's making money, yeah. so you know, good for them. Good for him, you know. Um, I, I, I mean, Ben Askren. I mean, he was like, come on, now, how how good a shape was he really in? Like, yeah, I never. Really, s- he doesn't compete at one ninety though. Right, one seventy. One seventy, one, and then yeah. two. He's not like a striker. Two and three. Supposedly, I'm not sure if it's sure that I was listening to Ariel Hawani. He had like he came off a hip surgery. He did, yeah. So you can't learn yeah. this game boxing within six months. So it's just like a, it was like a payday, right? And so I think I mean, he probably had this unwavering belief in himself that yeah. there's no way some YouTuber. Yeah. But you know, the guy hit him. And then you got to give him Olympian, credit. Being being him with a good no, for sure, for sure. All these for things sure. like he can figure it out himself. I. I thought no way this guy can knock him out. I, I didn't pay for the pay per view, but I, I did I, watch. I did look for the the video after. Yeah, I you lost, know. I lost, so did you did you get I, the pay per view? I was actually at a birthday no. party, my my girlfriend's friend's birthday party, and I was sitting. And everyone's getting mad at me because I'm glued to my. You want to see what's happening? So I want to see what was going on because we're working on something so similar right now. That, that's I can't good, say, right? but there's okay. big things oh, coming. Nice, nice. And uh, so I wanted to kind of see what what is happening and what they did right and what they did wrong. I think it was a bit of a shit show with the. You know, just the the mix of entertainment and the guys smoking weed and blood, you know what I mean. It was like it was a clown show. That's, you got to love Snoop Dogg, Doug. Yeah, yeah but I wouldn't do Snoop it that way. Cool. I think there's a, there's there's a balance. I think there's a balance. You yeah. can make it entertaining, yeah. but not these long music sets. And there's still you have to cater somewhat. You have to cater to everybody, but the diehard Vice fan. We want to get down to business. Yeah, and you need to have some real. Names, not just guys that have really good records or yeah. legit boxers. Frank Mir, you have to have a real, a real name in there, like a Victor Ortiz or somebody like that going in there, and that adds or, uh, legitimacy uh, to it. Oscar De La Hoya is next. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was, that dude was messed up. <laughs> Did you like the Mike Tyson one? I thought it was interesting. It was. Uh, yeah, Holyfield's making his comeback too. I mean that. Hey man, at you know, fifty years old. At, at, you know, it's, yeah. these guys are getting. So what I love about Mike Tyson is like it's not about me. It's about you know like raising awareness and charity. It's not you know raising f- for other people, right? Yeah. It's for other people. I, I, I just thought it was it was so cool, you know, just having having Roy Jones Jr. and Mike Tyson. But also that was, was his awesome. way of uh, he lost a lot of weight. Yeah, that's shape, it. That's the it. motivation. Stay for your health, his health. It was a win. It was a win-win, right, for yeah. everybody. I give Connor credit for all of this, like mm-hmm. this whole fight. Who would have thought that Connor would end up be fighting a, Flo- a Floyd Mayweather? And that's when right. people's eyes started to open to the prospect of he did the impossible, right? Spectacles more than events. You know, it was it's a spectacle. It's like pride, right? The old pride championships. Yeah. They were spectacles. Yeah, yeah. I miss those days. And and real fights, two crazy fights, yeah. but they were spectacles, right? Bigger than anything. Yeah, watching Fedor, like that guy was. Pretty did you ever? Did you ever go to Japan? Like uh, I went to Japan to negotiate with the UFC Japan when, when okay. I was there with Boss. Boss, okay. That's the only time when we were we watched the UFC fight when we were there. But I'd never, I was never there for Pride or any of those. I saw the first Pride that came to Vegas when Mark Coleman fought Fedor, mm. and that was wow. tough, man. Like when you saw uh, a Fedor. Oh no, maybe it was R- Randleman. I think Fedor threw Randleman on his neck. And pride, like, yeah, and pride, yeah. yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that was unbelievable. And then, like, how the, the suplex, hell? yeah, yeah, and then Fedor just got up like nothing happened. Yeah, it was ins- it was insane. It's pretty. It's a crazy sport, but it's a beautiful sport. And the thing that I love, the the most beautiful thing about it is the beautiful souls that are in it. Like, yes, you can go in and dismantle the average man with your bare hands, but that's not 
your calling card. Your calling card is, this is my art. This is something that I love to do. If you're going to challenge me, I'll, I'll try to prove my value, that my skill is better than yours. But there's no bullying going on for the most part, you know. And that, that was kind of my issue with some of the people that use these antics and they're disrespectful. It's, it's not part of the martial arts that I grew up with. Right, but right. I understand from a, a business perspective, and I would never tell an athlete, I mean, I would have discussions with JR, and I'd say, maybe you're putting some pressure by being so disrespectful. Maybe it's working against you, but at the end of the day- He's a showman, man. Yeah, he's the a Jack showman. Hammer. And you're not gonna tell, you never tell anyone how to act. They're gonna do uh, their yeah. thing. They love, the UFC loved them because yeah. of that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Remember when he fought the green monster? Green monster. What was the guy's name? Or the purple monster in the UFC? Oh, uh, Mike Houston. Yeah, Mike yeah. Houston. Oh, yeah, that was a good fight. Yeah. That was that That's good. funny that you were there in Maryland at that time when you got the call. Yeah, I was with you? I was with Mike Easton's coach, Lloyd Irving. Lloyd Irving, yeah, and uh, we got the call at the same time. We were actually with each other, like talking like this, and then uh, yeah, so funny. And then boom, they come back like on Monday. It was on a Sunday or a Saturday, right? Yeah. That's crazy. But Albert, Albert always had the mentality, because you're a fighter's writer, just take it. Just take it. Let's do it. Alberto's like, he, he, can, uh, he has faith in everybody, like, you know, and, and in himself. Like, you would never not take a fight for yourself. Oh, UFC is UFC, right? Yeah. And then you got to learn on the, you know, if it doesn't work out, you try again and try it again and try again. If yeah. it, you know. Yeah. I had a different mentality about it. I tried to, like, increase our odds of winning through making the right you know, but inevitably you're gonna to have to face the lions, but build it up. You know, yeah, build it up. I want to. I want to go back in time. We're sorry. Uh, and like, how did you get into the? And I know how you. I know your story. Do you mind sharing how you got into fighting? Yeah. No. Absolutely. I've always loved fighting. I grew up just playing around with my brother. We we fought all the time. But um, how I really got involved in fighting is that when I was in high school, back when I was in tenth grade, <clears throat> I was on the high school football team, mm. and uh, one of the guys was kind of like taking things out of people's lockers, jacking people like in front of him, like, hey, what are you doing? He didn't like what we had, what I had to say, and we got in a fight. And then I guess within a month later, he didn't like what happened. Mm. So we got all his brother's friends, and he knew I was at the AMC in Woodland Hills. I was with my brother and another friend. <clears throat> and then there's one guy confronted me, and then I see... Outside the movie theater? Outside the movie theater, and I see about maybe about 12 people say, hey, are you Jerry Papaz? I'm like, yeah. And then we started getting down right there. You were uh, by yourself? I was with my brother and, and some other guy. The other guy just took off. I don't know where he went. Damn. And it was just me and my brother. They threw my brother in a storage room so he couldn't help me. So I was by myself. And it sounds like I was fighting like for like 10 minutes, but I think it was like three or four minutes. Mm. No security guards, nothing. Um, I didn't like the feeling. I felt very embarrassed. We had like about probably maybe like 30 people. Back in the day, like going to AMC, like that was like the place to be, like going after like yeah. know, high school, you know. Yeah. And uh, there was like probably like 30, 20 people outside just watching, like in the circle. Nobody helped. No one helped. Even people from the crowd were helping them. I just felt really embarrassed. I didn't like that feeling because I never experienced that in my life. And I'm not that kind of person that is very weak-minded or whatever. Mm. Like just gets discouraged. But I just didn't like that. And my whole goal was initially. Fuck those guys up one by one, but I never did. I started training. I, I walked into a gym by my house called Majiro's. Mm. That's where I met um, Rick, Cocaine. Rick Cocaine at the, uh, that time and started training. I was 16, 17 years old. My whole goal was never to fight professionally, mm. and I fell in love with it. The UFC wasn't big right, back then. Right, right. I mean, this was back in 2004, 2005, mm. and started doing good. So I'm like, you know what? Take one fight, I did like one smoker. I lost, but I loved it. And um, there was no um, MMA amateur at the time. There was no camo. It's either you go professional or you, you like don't. a smoker, right? Underground, yeah. yeah. Right, but I thought it was whack because you're in these gyms. You can't do. I'm a, I'm a striker, so it takes my whole game away if I can't strike. I can only slap box. I'm like, this is this is not for me. You know, yeah. I'd rather just go pro. You know, and um, made my, my professional debut in 2020 and. I won my first fight. The fight. MMA, right? MMA, I fought in Fresno, uh, pure combat. I fought at 155. Well, what about fighting that you love when you think about starting out? What were some of the just like moments? Like, man, I love, <laughs> I love this shit. Challenging yourself mm. and going against someone else and also 
just training every day and getting in good shape and it's not always about winning but also learning from those losses too mm. you know just just coming back from that mm. because yeah. eventually that person you're gonna lose so yeah you know yeah but um my whole goal was to to make it to the ufc and you you did it king of the cage champion right king of the cage crazy we'll, we'll talk about that, that was hopefully. the most amazing fight of all time <laughs> abel Collum. yeah that was an insane <laughs> night sitting at the hospital he was peeing blood he had like uh, f three five five minute fights in a row, right? In a row, yeah. Yeah, it was what, uh, uh, what's the New Jersey? Jimmy Rivera. Jimmy Rivera. Abel Cullum and then Marvin Garcia. Marvin Garcia, man, they were so tough. You were so oh. tough, man. Yeah. But he won. It was like a crazy split decision for Abel Cullum in was it Oklahoma, something Oklahoma. like that. Yeah. And. Yeah. But fuck. That was man. a hell of a. That was in a the hell middle of, a of nowhere. How huh? you yeah. picked me up, Darren? Yeah. <laughs> in nowhere. It's like a prison, man. Went, was it Windstar? Was it was Windstar? Windstar, Windstar. Casino, yeah, in uh, Thackerville. You brought Seb, the Seb, the, Seb yeah, Seb, the Kenya. Is he from Kenya? He's from Ethiopia. Ethiopia, Ethiopia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He used to. I mean, the training I used to do with that guy. Oh my god. But it was the he right match. It was the right matchup, right? He prepared me mentally for everything. I mean, yeah. The ma I mean, the track work this guy made me do. I mean, crazy. There's no nobody that Jared couldn't be when he showed up, you know, when he was stuck to his game plan. But sometimes I think he's such a fighter's fighter that he would just get into, he'd abandon the game plan. He bites down on his mouthpiece. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. you know, and he, that's he's like, out. It's a, it's a beautiful <laughs> thing. It, you, it is. It's good for the fans, but yeah. it's tough being, yeah. tough being in his, in his oh, corner, yeah, right? It is. I, I remember sitting next to Anthony Harduck, who's 280 pounds, and slamming the boom and like smashed my arm. It's like, oh, dude, you're almost, you're going to kill me over here. But he's, he's driven us. Crazy, but you got to respect somebody that yeah. you, you too, Alberto. You put it all on the line, but just to get in there and do it and 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 not have the fear, just go in there. And, now and, that I'm and, 33 years old and retired, I'm, I think to myself, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> what was I thinking? Yeah. What was I thinking for bullshit money? Oh my god. Uh, it's not about the money, right? I know, but right, yeah, right. You of course, so of course, of course, of course. Like, but he did get some. You know chunks. what I mean? I know, I know, I know what you mean. Exactly what you, you mean. I mean, it's like you invest so much time. But just looking back at it now, to, was it play. was it about the? You, you think about the money, right? right. Oh, how much am I making? Well, I think on you want to be the champion, right? right. So if you're the champion, the money comes. Eventually, you know, makes you would hope it paid dividends in later life, you know. Yeah. But that's not the case. If I had any advice to any kid that's fighting or trying to do this, don't do it. <laughs> You know, everybody thinks they're going to be like uh, Conor McGregor and it's like a Ronda, Ronda Rousey, right? It's, she blew up like overnight. Well, it's thanks. Not. I always kind of, I got to give a shout out to Darren because I feel like I was there at the beginning, right? With with all Absolutely. that. Yeah, we all were. We're all part yeah, of it. She's driving her her Honda, and you know, she's, she's working at Twenty Four Hour Fitness, and you know, you were like, I remember paying, like helping her out with stuff. Yeah, yeah it was. It and was trying amazing. To get, get her photo the same things that you did for all of us like photo shoots and whatever else you could do to I just I position. saw something and with her all due respect yeah but she's better looking than you guys so I spent more money on a better <laughs> photographer I saw her after her first first amateur fight um she would look she, she had lost the weight her hair was yeah. I never saw no, her I go this is beautiful it's amazing yeah and I said you know what let's do a professional photo shoot we just had this and it's like, I could say I'm like this genius promoter. It was a kind of a convergence of everything kind of coming together. Mm. Timing, Rada's unbelievable abilities, yeah. her work ethic, yeah. dominating everybody in such, you know, beating everybody in 20, 30, 40 seconds of the first round with an arm bar. It was, it made it easy for me to go and, you know, kind of promote it. But, but we had a lot of roadblocks, mm -hmm. of course. Because people were oh. not really open to... You know, I was like, there's never going to be women in the UFC, right? Yeah. But we, we knew that would be different. We felt very confident. That's why I invested the time. And I, I mean, I, I really, I still do. You know what I mean? It's like, it wasn't the most positive ending, but I, I still, I value the time the opportunity to be part of like women's MMA. I feel like I had a big part part of that. Yeah, I mean, there wouldn't have been, right? Like, I don't think. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I don't, maybe like, eventually, maybe eventually, I don't know, but I don't, because yeah, they had you're right. Gina, yeah. They had Gina Carano, she was the star. You're right, she was you're right, so, you're right. I thank Rhonda for that, for entrusting yeah. me for the time that she did. And then, you know, shit happens. Shit happens. Entertainment and it's money and the stakes are so big and you have everyone in your ear and we're human and you wanna, she, her goal wasn't to say, I wanna get rid of Darren. 
first thing was, I want to make the best, you know, I have X amount of time to do this, and I want to have the best people around me possible. Mm. And a lot of people were better talkers than me, I guess they said they, they were better than me, or they, they do this better or that, but I think we did a pretty remarkable job. No, I, I know what you did, you know, I just, yeah. you know, what you, because the hard part is the beginning, there's people that could have taken advantage of her, right? Yeah, uh, listen, from the get go, but you set her up. I know what the right talent agencies, right? Yeah, yeah. We, and the we got her first. I brought her to Abrams Artists, and then mm. of course William Morris came calling, and that was sort of a bit of a conflict. But I knew it was a big agency, and I also knew when I did made that move, I'm putting myself at risk because mm. now you're in this big machine, mm. and I'm going to be like you know the little fish, you know, swimming with sharks basically. But but it, it was it was a blast. I I, have, I I would do it all again. I wish things ended up, you know, in a more positive thing. I I'm sure she has a grudge against me. I've let it all go. You know what I mean? And and uh, just you know they say it's uh, resentment's like eating poison and expecting someone else to die. So sometimes you do it not for them but for yourself to release negativity. And uh, and I, I heard she's pregnant actually. Oh, so she is. That, yeah, oh, good for her. So I wish her the best. I, well, you know. well you then know. that's your next yeah, uh, that, prodigy right there. Which, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, Rhonda, can I manage your offspring? <laughs> but uh, I mean, it, her her story is crazy, right? With her mom, like man, like world champion and whatever, whenever it was. Judo, the first female world champion, world champion right? For the United States in judo. Arm and you see the second place with the with the sling in her arm, you yeah. know, for getting arm barred, and then 16 years later, her daughter goes to the Athens Olympics. Yeah, like Beijing. But, uh, no, she, she went to Beijing, but she, I think she she made the Athens Olympics, oh, yeah. didn't she? I, yeah. In 2000, uh, whatever it was. 2008. Uh, it was Beijing, right? But uh, when was that? When was well, Athens? She took, she took the she took the bronze in Beijing. Right, and then Athens, she made the team though. Yeah. Okay. I think that was 2004. Not sure. Yeah. I lose it. I think or yeah. Athens was two thousand four. Yeah. Sydney was two thousand. Yeah. And ninety six was Atlanta. But I think she made the, the team. You know. But sixteen years later, yeah. as a sixteen year old. Pretty amazing. That's awesome. What a She's story, amazing. you know. Like, yeah. You, you roll with Rhonda. Man, like, I, I, you know, I'll be honest. I never, I never, uh, you know, I just never thought that, you know, a girl, like a female, could like, be that. You know, just yeah, she's like, ferocious. And she's her like a, Waza, her ground game was like she's the best. so tough, so good. Her technique, her toughness. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. You know, she yeah. she really like. I believe that she could come back today. Hmm. You know, of course, she's got bigger fish to fry, and you know, she's had a remarkable career. But she could come back today, and I'm still friendly with some of the girls that are that are fighting now. Hmm. And, you know, I'm I, I've you know, I'm still fascinated with it, and I stay in communication. Hmm. And I don't mean this disrespect to. Amanda or Julie or any of them, mm. but I still think Rhonda could go out on a, on a day. Yeah. You know, she gets out of her head, mixes things up a little bit. She could still be the champion. Even yeah, at, for sure. At, I don't know what, sure. how old she is now. She could still be the champion. It's 34. So you just yeah. have to mix it up. Maybe I mean, you, you told me, right, like sh like when she was still in the strike force before the UFC, that she's, she's you know, she's making way more more money in, outside of the fight game than, in, than fighting. Yeah. She didn't need to fight. She did it because she loves it, right? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, there was, there was a lot of ancillary benefits to, like, mm -hmm. you know, but, but she really became the big star towards the uh, midway through Strike Force and then the whole UFC and that whole machine. And we had a PR machine. We got, like, Conan O'Brien, mm -hmm. and we got all these major Esquire magazine, mm -hmm. and, and all... My goal was to make her a mainstream name, you know, and, and we started with the local stuff and mm. eventually, and again, I'm not patting myself on the back. I had something really incredible to work no, with. for sure, you yeah. know. And, but, but I have to say, that, and this is the thing about management, I was offered the Sarah McMahon fight before either girl had mm. fought MMA. Well, Sarah McMahon, silver medalist in wrestling, mm. and Ronda Bronze medalist in right? judo. That was gonna be their first fight, and they're, they're, they're calling us out and I think Monty Cox was the manager, and I said this is outside the UFC. This is very, way before. This oh, is before right, right, Ron right. had even had her first MMA match, mm. and I said this is where good management is critical because That's a money I fight, could have right? said, okay, let's make the girls pro and have Olympians fight for the. F I said let's do that later in Strike Force. Like let, let's not do that now. It could have been catastrophic. I don't. I'm, I'm sure Ronda would have beat her, but maybe not. I didn't know. I'd never seen her fight. Mm. So we did. We took the amateur route, and she was just killing it. Fought three amateur fights, and uh, it was just, it was just a, an awesome the whole thing, you know. It's an awesome journey. 
It was fun. It was yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, I got well, a taste of what it's like to be a rock star. You're walking out in front of tens <laughs> of thousands of people. I'm like, even though I wasn't the performer, I was kind of part of so the energy, behind, and it was incredible. The, the rock band. Pardon me? You were behind the rock band. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. Well, I appreciate I appreciate your heart, and I appreciate, you know, you know, and, you know, I don't know, you know, the, I know what you, what you did, you know, at the beginning and I know what you do for all of us, you know? And so I, I appreciate, you know, my honor I that really you guys appreciate trust me to help you. And I re I really, I really trust you, you know, like if I, if my son, I don't, my kids wanted to, I don't want them to fight, but if they decided I would, I would trust you. That's how much I trust you yeah. because yeah. I know you have our best interests in mind just, and I you love, wouldn't I love people, you know, somebody if they gave you some money or whatever to, you know, you wouldn't care. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't. Oh, and you people know. could say, because I'm well off guy, it has nothing to do with that. Cause when I didn't of have course, money, of course, it's, it's just an integrity are, yeah. thing. I'm not saying I'm better than anyone else, but I just, I, I do the right thing. I right, right, right. A clear there's a respect. There's a respect yeah. you know, that you and have. Just be a good human being. Yeah. And if we all thought, there's this thing that I have. It's a picture. It's just a guy who looks like Jesus with two scrolls. It says, be, be cool. Don't be an asshole. Mm. That's how, if everybody acted that way, we wouldn't have all this George Floyd bullshit and all this stuff going yeah. on right now. Yeah. You know? It's just yeah. be cool. Treat people. Don't, don't judge somebody by the color of their skin. Judge. It's all about content of character, you know? And that's it. So yeah, that's my spiel on that. Well, I appreciate you. I yeah. really appreciate you. you. You know all the hard work, and yeah. I mean, like so many, so many stories, right? Of us cutting weight, and you know, locking you guys in, and the you to lock and the guys in putting in. putting the alcohol and the Epsom salt and the oh, yeah. hot water, and, and uh, yeah, I bathed you boys. <laughs> What's that? Lubing me up. Lubing him up. Yeah, and putting the, the Abilene the Abilene on the on the <laughs> sweet sweat. <laughs> sweet sweat. It was fucked up. I'd give Jared a little piece of ice. I'm and putting to the, the Jesus ice. music on, you know, yeah. <laughs> when you were getting close to the yeah. weight. It's pretty crazy. It's re in retrospect. And it was good that I, you know, just had the experience. I've been like, you know, been yeah. in those spots, you yeah. know, but like if for you, it's like, it's crazy, right? Like, you're right, am I going to, am I, I going to kill this kid? You know, <laughs> I could have gone down as the worst evil. I, I, they I been the, well, there's, a, there's some I, thoughts sometimes that go in your head, like, but I, you know, just because I, it's like, no, it's the spirit, right? You're like, no, I'm I remember make that, that way. one time we were yeah, both on the same really car dangerous. in Ontario. Mm. This guy has the freaking heat on. Remember? You and I are cutting weight in Ontario. Oh, yeah. Remember we were fighting in uh, Citizens Bank. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and he had the heat on for yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was down. He was down. We've had, it's been an incredible journey. Like, uh, with the both of you guys fighting and, and then... A lot. We've had way more fights, you and I together with Jared. Yeah, of course. It was like every every weekend we were driving somewhere. I remember the first one we went to Visalia, and he was that fighting Darren. Oh, that's that's where that's where, that's where that's where that's where you got me. After that fight, I was like, yeah. I think you lost the fight, right? He gave up like thirty pounds. Yeah, yeah, but it was you fought so hard. I yeah. was like, all right, man, I'm I'm down. You know, I'm down for Jared. Because <laughs> I remember you came in. I was like, ah, oh, man. But after that, I was like, I'm all in. I'm all in with Jared. You know, whatever you he needs, I got the, him. For the sergeant fight, what, what was the guy's name? The sergeant. Oh, Vince Ortiz. Fighting Long Beach. No, I wasn't with him. Okay. No, I don't, maybe I was. No, I wasn't. You with you him. were with Rick. I wasn't even with Rick. This is the early days. Early days. He would Jared just take fights at the wrong way, and then uh, and then and he was then with, uh, Antonio McKee. Yeah. Some of the highlights was the man. What was the the homosexual oh, uh, dude? Sorry, man. I oh yeah, Shad Smith. Shad Smith. You know, <laughs> and uh, and uh, he triangled Jared. It was okay. It was a. It was like a. It was like a old like theater, right? Yeah, like stage, in Pomona, yeah. yeah, like Pomona, that, like that was in Pomona, yeah. It's like just like a small like auditorium stage, yeah, yeah. right? Like where they had uh, plays and stuff, probably. Yeah. And there was one locker room, right, where everybody was together, right, both both sides, yep. both both corners, and then uh, and then he triangled Jared, <laughs> triangled Jared, right, and then and then anyway, what you know, I was like, it sucks. We're all kind of like, you know, you're kind of sad, right? Yeah. And we went upstairs, and he's like making out with his uh, his boyfriend. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I said to Shad after that fight. I just have a memory yeah. like, man. Which like, is okay, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> but it was just like, I, I man, you know? I yeah, yeah. But I, said, I said to Shad after the fight, I said, hey, I want to give you a lot of credit. No, he's, I said, he, I know to go in there. And he goes, what are you talking about? Because I'm a faggot? Yeah. <laughs> not exactly how I was going to put it. <laughs> now he's, he's down. He's so yeah. cool. Yeah. No, but Jared redeemed that, right? And, yeah. And, and then uh, he, went, he went back. and That was the only fight you had that I wasn't, that I wasn't were, there for. Yeah, you were for your birthday. Uh, you made you you all the fights that he lost after that, like he, he had a rematch and he beat them, you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. He redeemed everyone. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then another one was the Abel column where, uh, the, you know, crazy another, so there was those three, five, five minute fights for King of the cage title. And so the Abel column, right. was five, five minute fights, like toe to toe, like up and down, like left and right, like just craziness, you know? And, uh, and then he eked out the, you know, cause it's harder beating the champion. Right. And then, uh, and then, uh, eking out the, getting the, the win he should have won, you know, it was like, it was close, but he did it, you know, did what he needs to do. And then us, uh, afterwards he, st he starts peeing blood after the fight yeah. and us, you know, <laughs> we're sitting in this clinic and our, our it was in a hospital. It was like a clinic. Like, yeah. well, I don't even know. We're, we're trying to get some sleep. We're all exhausted and we're sitting out there and. Fuck, it was, yeah, they go, you tore your spleen or something. I, they did an MRI. I tore his spleen. <laughs> <laughs> That's a man. No, I was uh, doing a drug test after my fight. And then they oh. says, do you normally pee this color? I'm like, what do you mean? You're peeing blood. I'm like, that's how, that's how I know that I had to go to the hospital. <laughs> it was so, for a drug test. And, that, and then it was like, it was a, there was no hospital right there, right? It was like, oh. it was like in the middle of, I don't know. And that wasn't even a hospital. Yeah, it was that like, was like a, the Indian so reservation. I had, to get, I had to get stitched up and. Um, yeah, and they didn't offer like, we'll give you, your, your, your guy is bleeding. He's urinating blood. We'll take him. No, we had to figure out our way yeah. over there. And, yeah. That's like that real, that's a, that's real stuff right there, yeah. you know. We well, we had fun. to take care of him. Yeah, it was. Okay, well, fun now now me. at the, at the time, right? Well, it was like all it was like all nighter pretty yeah. much. Oh right? yeah. After I, after was. a crazy crazy fight, like yeah. talk about adrenaline. Yeah. And then like that was one of the best fights I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, me too. Me too. That Respect. was like I have footage Respect of Jared. that fight. I, I'm gonna send you footage. Yeah. I still have it on my phone. I look at it every. We were all so excited. Yeah. Jared's yeah. On the ground crying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I, Pussy, I can't believe you were crying. It's <laughs> a lot of what, emotion, man. Shit. What, what did that fight mean mean to you? It mean a lot because getting the title and then also um, my brother just got uh, indicted, so he got you know he went to prison. So that was very like very hard during that whole like. Um, that year, 2012. Yeah. So. Pure mom and family, right? Yeah. So, so you're like fighting something, something bigger than yourself. Yeah. So. Yeah. All good. But I, I'm so proud of like I know I've said this a million times, but I such, and I think that's the thing that kept me inspired is that mm. you guys fought so hard and you put it all on the line every time you fought, win or lose, it didn't matter. You just went in there and put it all on the line, and and it just inspired me. It inspired me to be my best, you know, and it made me realize I don't have, I wanted to fight, but I have this family, pretty powerful family, and they're kind of at the, but but at the same time, I always thought, oh, my ears are you fought You fought in the elevator, Which, uh, with, uh, outside oh, of the elevator oh, at the UFC hotel yeah, with, with Gleckman. Yeah, with Gleckman, how many street, but that's not a real How fight. many street fights do you have? Pardon me? How many street fights do you got? Of 4,094. Undefeated. Undefeated, except there's one fight in the ice I slipped. <laughs> and I hit my head, so I would say I, I was beating the guy until that point. So yeah, no, no I, I, yes, I was a, I was an angry young man. I mm. had my share of street fights, and I've had my share of gym wars mm. and smoker type things where guys would come to the jet center and we would just fucking go at it. But as far as like a sanctioned fight, I've never had I, I've, a couple jujitsu tournaments. Mm -hmm. but, You're a brown belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu as well. Yeah, hopefully, I shouldn't say hopefully. You get, yeah. Are you committed to getting your black belt? I would like to do it. I work, This is my thing about it. I'm thinking if I could just go through the technique, but I can't apply the technique and use it the way it needs to be used, I'm not deserving. I don't feel I'm deserving of the brown belt right now, you know, because if I were to go and train years, right now, yeah. Yeah. it's been a long time, I'm sure blue belts would have their way with me right now. And I, mm. I have all these uh, injuries. I would love to train because I really... It's not just the training, it's the bond with you guys. Of course, the, of course. It's brother, brother. You, you bond. It really, I, I've, through COVID and everything, I, I went through a little bit of a depressive period, you know? But no matter what, whenever I would get a little bit down, going and training with you or doing my jujitsu or mm. doing kickboxing with Anthony or Bosch or whatever, it would raise my spirit. I kind of had to kind of pass out. I started racing cars. That's kind of my new thing now. But it's still not the same. Because the car's doing all the We're work. We're going to get you doing tack fit, right? Doing the tack fit. And yeah. then let's get you back to jujitsu. I need you to can do, do that. it. You can do I it. Because I have some some pretty serious health issues I'd love to, like, attack, you know? So. You can do it. You can do it. Yeah. Not serious. When I say serious, chronic. Not like I'm dying. Make that clear. But sometimes it fucks you up, you know? Am I allowed to use the F word? 
if you would, whatever, whatever. It's freestyle. Yeah, I take no it. Sin. Uh, but what what uh, what lovely times! I, I I remember this always sticks in my head. I remember uh, we're listening to some song. You and I were in Oklahoma, and it was like we flew into an airport that was it was called Texas, but it was Oklahoma. I think we flew into yeah, Texas. Texas. We flew into Alberta Texas. Sang the song, "All oh, my exes live in live Texas." In Texas. <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> I it came up fun. on the radio, right? <laughs> I was like, "Oh man, that's my jam right yeah. there." <laughs> oh, yeah. That's hilarious. What do you, how do you see the fight game from back in the day, from like the 80s and, you know, whatever, you know, the kickboxing era and, and, and all that, or especially here in LA, right? The Jet Center and all that. What's, what's the difference that you see now with the MMA and just that whole, you know, just the, just the. I, I think the level of athlete that mm. it's attracted, if you look at the bodies of these guys now, you're taking guys that maybe would have gone into football or gone into boxing and you're attracting a really high level athlete. So on top of the skill mm. and the evolution, you know, through, you know, it's just a natural evolutionary process, things are just getting better. You know, it's just guys are getting better. It's more interesting. Is it as raw? Is it like, you know, looking at the original UFC where it was Damn like there, one you got shot? Some, you got some biceps, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing weights. That's my thing. <laughs> all right. Slow all right, weights, right, lightweight, right. slow down. Racing cars slow and up. racing cars and yeah. And I get on my mountain bike buff. a little bit. Nice. And uh, I'm getting ready for uh, the Arnold Classic. You know, in 2027. So I, uh, yeah. But I've been training. I just my sorry, thing. Sorry, going on a tangent. But you were saying about the the level of athlete. Right. I, I think so, and mm -hmm. I think that it's just the sport is evolving. I think back in, in the some day ways, was more in some ways, I find it less interesting. Mm. Because in the beginning, it was one style against another. Right, you're representing a style. The things that were interesting to me is when Machida came on the scene, mm. and you see a different style. When Ronda came on the scene, and mm. you see a different martial art excelling, you know, there's uh, I find that fascinating when you see something like that, like mm -hmm. a Shotokan practitioner is like knocking everybody out, yeah. knocking people's teeth out. You don't see a lot of that because most people are, they're training very similarly. You know, they have a wrestling, they understand jujitsu, Maybe the striking is a little bit different, but, no, uh, but I think one next... thing that I think has not happened that I wished it would mm. is we had more soup to nuts MMA schools around the country because these guys really have to go all over the place. I mean, are you guys soup to nuts now? Or are you doing kind of training, doing it all? You know, I don't have like an MMA fight team anymore. Like yeah. after this year, guy here and there, we, we corner, right. But uh, overall it's like I, I do jitsu and then we do our, you know, bang Muay Thai. Um, and of course, TACFIT, you know, so, um, but, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting, right? What, because when I look at the big MMA gyms, right, it's like you have your own trainers and that's the way, right? Yeah. That, that's the way you have your own trainers yeah. and you fight. Yes. You spar with other guys, but you have your own trainers. Yeah. Yeah. Especially here in California, you don't really have like a full on gym. I think like AKA seemed to do it. But really even at that, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure of AKA, but like, you know, like other gyms like big gyms right like big that i have you know guys and you know yeah, Randy, Randy couture, extreme couture uh, story, i don't no. i'm not sure you know because i'm not there but it seems like they have their own like their own trainers you know right. they have their 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 pad holders their kickboxing coaches and their jiu-jitsu coaches and yeah. you know like greg is you know he's very versatile and he, you know he definitely he's good yeah. at he's he's mma right yeah yeah he was a technician <clears throat> he could overlook he's smart very, yeah, yeah. Very, his tactics and his intelligence right um, so they, that you you want that right, but I think a lot of guys they, they have their own coaches, right? And every everybody. And so you kind of you, you it's about relationships, yeah. guys you trust. Yeah. Right. And so you know you don't want to be driving you know one hour to train with one person I think and one hour to train with another person you got to have have it centralized but you got to very hard he was doing it right. you were doing but it. you got to sync you got to sync with the with your yeah. coach right and you have to have sort of a captain to say hey he just did we'll x captain, amount yeah. of cardio today and he just did strength and conditioning let's take it easy on his legs that's, let's work that's, three that's stars right? lo logging in like your total sum of what you're doing right yeah it's a so science can, so even get, how they eat right right right. I was in Alaska like last month and uh, I was with this dog sledding. Uh, uh, there's like a tour, right, with the dogs, you know, and uh, and the guy was like a champion. They won, He's won like all these, I uh, forgot the name of the race, right, yeah. where they go from Anchorage all the way to the Bering Straits. And he, you know, he has like spreadsheets and logs and, you know, how much they, you know, how much they're, how much they're running every, every day. 
And so that's that's it, right? That's it's a gotta, science. All the analytics. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is with race car driving. Yeah, you look and you thing, see yeah. where you're on the gas, where you're on the brake. That's the difference between first and last, right? It's not that much. It could be. Well, but in it's, racing, it's you're talking tenths of seconds. Right, right. Literally tenths of seconds. But it's, it's not, you know, winning and losing, right, in MMA or anything, really, right? Hey, it's on the razor's edge. A, am I allowed to take a bathroom break? Yeah, for sure. Okay, I'll be right back. Please don't talk bad about me while I'm gone. I'll hear it. <laughs> Just take your mic. <laughs> what I would like to see is kid starting at four years old and then training from four all the way to 18 uh, going into fighting we haven't really seen that yet if you think about it it's not I th- like i think there's a lot there's quite a few guys now because it's been around for so long yeah but not i mean i think in the next couple of years we'll see that you know but they have their backgrounds right they have a jiu-jitsu background they have like i'm talking about the whole package right right but they 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 train in everything you know they i think they train in everything so it's it's starting to emerge right but not a, yeah. yeah. It's like it's like this. Like how often do you see any athlete just pick up playing basketball right, and, right. and go professional? Right. Start at a young age. Right. We're seeing it to see that now in, in MMA because the sports evolved and it's right. more mainstream. We haven't seen that yet. Well, back in the day it was like a guy only did jujitsu, right? And then maybe a guy only did Rest, kickboxing or wrestling or, re- or, or only, only wrestling. Right. But now like they kind of do a little bit of everything, right? Uh, right. Well, some they specialize. Probably, you know, they're great. They're they're great in everything, but maybe gr- like you know, excellent in in one one thing, right? Yeah. So, no, I'm I'm just can't wait to see that. You know, we haven't really seen that in the highest level, like in the UFC. Right, 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 right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's gonna be interesting to see, right? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, there's so many talented athletes, right? That like Darren was saying. Yeah. It'd be interesting. Like so many talented athletes, guys that would normally play football or, you know, NBA or whatever. Right. And they're right. doing, they're fighting now, which is great. You know, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Mr. Darren Harvey. I'm back. Mr. Darren Harvey. I'm so happy. I, I've really, cause I've, I've been following your podcast and I'm honestly, I'm going, would it be presumptuous for me to call Alberto and tell him I'd love to be on the show. Like I'm so interesting that he even wants to talk to me. You and but, I both. He, uh, yeah, man. I, I wanted. I, I think it would have been great. We got to. We got to do it again. You know, yeah. because like both of you guys are on, and I, I want to kind of talk to like go deeper into stuff. Just just have the conversation, right? Yeah. Because I kind of. You know, you got you know, you can't have one person talking, another person just listening, right? Yeah. It's like oh, I want to talk to both of you guys, but uh, yeah, we have so much history, you know, and. Uh, you know, like the times go, the time goes by where we even forget about some of the things. Yeah. We're not going to forget about him pissing, right? And no, uh, no, we're pissing not blood. About the able call, but there's <laughs> just a lot of memories, right? That we yeah. kind of forget with time. And they're all, in retrospect, they're all positive. Even the losses, yeah, they for were sure. positive. They're for incredible sure. moments. For sure. The emotion to really evoke anything that evokes that love of emotion, that caring, like when you have, I have. Uh, uh, a masseuse, uh, she's a healer, the mm-hmm. one that I want to introduce you mm-hmm. to, her name is Jana. And I had her work with a very famous MMA fighter who had a fight just recently, I won't mention the name, and he said he had never had anyone work on her like that, work on him like that, like, you know, it's amazing. I said, it's so important to be on top of recovery too. Yeah, like, yeah, right, right, right. Mm-hmm. I, and I told her, I said, once you connect with somebody, even if you're not friends, but you work on them and you see them fight, it's an experience like you can't describe because you're so emotionally invested in that person. You feel, There's you nothing, feel like, there's you're, nothing you're like part it. of the journey. Pardon me? You feel like you're part of the journey. Yeah, you feel like you're part of it. She was part of it. And the outcome wasn't the way that we had hoped, but uh, but it was still tremendous respect. And this guy went out with, you know, one of the best fights, like he did certain things better than he's ever done before. Just, you know, didn't go the right didn't go his way that night, but, but also incredible, such you, an incredible. You've, you've cornered a lot of fights over the years, right? Yeah. You said that Kevin Rao was like, "What? You bust and Kevin Randall and That's like such an iconic fight, right? Oh yeah. What was your favorite top three favorite fights? I mean, now, the Jared, Jared Abel. Yeah, that's 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 definitely, crazy, man. Yeah. Um, Ronda Misha Tate. Misha Tate was you know because I th- I was cornering her for the first part of her career. It was more of an emotional support thing. Mm. You know, we would have the, our little routine mm. and how how would I win? And I said, how could you lose? And mm. you know what I mean? And it was just like a really yeah. beautiful moment we had. Mm. So obviously I wasn't giving her, though I have a lot of knowledge of the fight game, but I wasn't trying to step on the right, toes right, of the right. coaches. I'm not giving her, you know, other than maybe hands up, <laughs> that kind of thing. But, uh, hands up, but uh, yeah, the, the, yeah, the Ronda fights. Um, 
trying to think. Maybe, uh, I mean, Boss is always exciting. Your fights have always been fantastic. I, they're all they're Karn all wonderful. versus Rob McCullough. What's that? Rob McCullough versus Karn. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. Give me one more. One more. Um, Boss Rutan, was it the Kevin Randleman fight, you think? I think I think those were iconic experiences mm. to like be with like such a legend. And yeah. I, I mean, I could tell you a story. So after... Uh, a, t a boss wins the title from Randleman. We're in uh, we're in New Orleans, and this is before 9/11. And we're on the plane. He has this friend, this kind of Dutch kind of gangster kind of fella. You know what I mean? And he's just this. He couldn't stop, and they're all getting drunk. And he called the guy. He made some homophobic comment to the stewardess, and he goes, "If you do that again, you're off the plane." All of a sudden, he goes, Vargas, something like that. <laughs> boss didn't say it. No, Boss didn't say no, it. No, boss, <laughs> would, no, boss is one of the most, I'll yeah, make yeah. this really clear. Yeah, no, yeah. Boss is one of the most accepting. You know, I mean, he's not. You know. But uh, so the guy made the comment. He goes, you're off. So all of a sudden, the New Orleans Police Department, they storm the plane. They go, oh, Boss, great fight. <laughs> so, and Boss, everybody was really intoxicated. If that were ever happened, you know, post 9-11, we would have all been in jail. So they said, hey, why don't we just get you off it was, the plane? It was on the plane. This is on the plane, yeah. Before they took off? This is before we took off, oh, yeah. Okay. So we, they said, they talked to Boss real nice, and they just put us in. He goes, hey, Boss, and, you know, Boss likes his Heinekens after a, after a you know, a victory, or before. And, uh, <laughs> not during, but, you know. So, um, not between so, rounds. But, it, it was, it, but, but so he said, hey, you'll get on the plane tomorrow. You guys are intoxicated. Let's let everything. So they, they nicely escorted us off the plane, which is, was nice how they handled it. So that was definitely an experience. That's cool. And uh, That's awesome. That's yeah, cool. it's all like it's just a whole collage of it, it's shaped who I am. Yeah. Having these. How many, how many decades now have you been doing like corner like, people? Oh, well, God, since I've been in my 20s, you know, and I don't even want to say it. So at least three or four decades. Yeah, like 40 years. Long probably. time, you yeah. know. So I, do, I, I think I'm a pretty knowledgeable guy about, I, I could see things that people are doing wrong. I've always had that ability, like if somebody is maybe susceptible to an uppercut. What's your, what's your favorite part uh, for you personally to, to corner somebody? It's to, to be there, like, especially with him, because Jared really, and I have this beautiful connection. And I was able to, I mean, there's fights where I said, listen, motherfucker, you want to be in the big show? Because you're not going to be in the big show. And I'd slap him across his face. I said, I need you to fucking show up. Do you understand? Mm. Yeah, it's just the connection of me. Hit, hit yeah. Me and a lot of people happen. would say that's horrible cornering, but no. everybody needed something different. Right, Some easy. people didn't know. understand each other. And just kind of like pump me up. Yeah. And then Jared would just like come out and win the fight, you yeah. know? So, yeah, but to know that something difference. you did or just to be there as support during victory and to be, I've never turned my back on a fighter. It's always the same whether they win or they lose. Right, They're right, my, right. My, yeah. my friends. And I appreciate my blood. that. I appreciate that. I don't, I don't, it doesn't make, I never turn my back. It's, right. I, I never have any less respect because right. somebody lost a fight because right. I know what it takes because I, I don't know what it takes. I don't have the courage to get in that cage and really put it all on the line. So the fact that you guys could do that. That's why when these people are Monday morning quarterbacking and like, oh, he's a pussy, I'm thinking, you have no idea what yeah. it's like to walk into a cage, the gate closes, they put take a some, bolt in there, and a guy some, with four-ounce gloves right? on is going to try and rip your fucking head off. And you're going to sit there and Monday morning quarterback? You should give every fighter, good or bad, the fact that they got in there, you give them, you give them their due credit. The walk, yeah. the walk to the cage, right? The walk to the cage, and then when they close the cage, it's intense. <laughs> you go to your corner, kind yeah. of, you know. When I, start, <laughs> when I start getting really nervous, when I know it's showtime, is when they're wrapping my hands. But that's, it's a that's whole process. The weight cut. Yeah. The whole like thing. Fights, the weight right? cut. The everything. Just you know, I I, mean, I miss those times, like being part of. One the of one of the thing. Another memory I had was Jared made one twenty five, one hundred twenty five pounds. Yeah. You fight. You fought, you fought at what? One seventy, one yeah. time. I fought all the way up to one eighty-five. One eighty-five. One twenty-six, right? One twenty-six. Yeah. yeah. Well, I you had you had one you had one pound, right? Yeah, you had one, one pound. pound. We had one pound. You get. And that was against a very seasoned wrestler in the UFC. But just I just remember yeah. like you know how much. You fought for the title. Huh? You fought for the title. Tim, yeah, Tim Elliott. He's a yeah, Tim Elliott. Mm. And you did well. You did well. I think mm. that there's a point of diminishing returns when you want to lose weight. Sometimes your benefit is to put on weight. Like you cut, you're losing something sometimes, you know? What are the lessons, you know, going through all like those weight cuts, the just, you know, giving everything, you're ready to die, right? To win. 
what are like the lessons you know you're doing real estate now doing I, really well i think all that going from the fight game the fight game has really taught me the next chapter in my life mm. and it really taught me like how to be like just go out there and just give it all in, in real estate because real estate's almost the same thing commit commitment you know you're gonna hear a thousand no's but it doesn't mean no does that make sense you just mm -hmm. gotta keep on knocking so taught me a lot about myself yeah what what like you know you a lot with a lot of memories like what do you if there's one thing one big thing what are you most grateful for in your journey your mma your fight career meet all my friends i met you I have a beautiful relationship with you most of all my friends now are through, through relationships, the, whole, the relationships, the relationships that people I've trained with. I mean, I take that to my grave. I mean, I'm mm. always going to have that. So I would say all of my uh, people that I met. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Alberto. I really yeah, appreciate thank it. Thank you, Jared. Look forward to Love doing you. this again. Love you guys. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, Darren, uh, I got this fight. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 <laughs>